Church. We are here to help each other worship, live, and rescue like Jesus. For more info on who we are, go to cpmodesto.org. all you guys come in <laughs> wow I don't know if you're familiar with the term spot fires spot fires are fires that are started off of the main source the main fire So what happens is there's a fire and the burning embers taken through the air land on a spot that is ready to burn. And then that spot ignites and then that spot fire grows. This morning, <laughs> embers have landed in this place. And those who are ready to burn, the Holy Spirit is saying, burn. Burn for Jesus as a witness of his power and his love and his grace. He's so good. He's so good. And I want to share just a short with you this morning because sometimes the Holy Spirit hijacks our plans, which is so good. And even within that, I think sometimes the Holy Spirit says, and <laughs> mention this. <laughs> Jesus' disciples, in a moment not unlike this, asked him a question, and it's recorded in Acts chapter 1. They said, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said, Jesus said, it's not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. Lord, don't worry about when I will Restore the kingdom. That's not of your concern. He said, this is what I want you to focus on. This is what I need you to do, to be doing. He goes on and he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus says, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. 
There are moments when we are together as Jesus family and we don't feel any different, but then there's a moments when we're together, maybe in small groups or big groups where, where we cannot deny that the Holy Spirit is in our midst and he's moving and he's working and he comes upon us with power. I don't think it is a coincidence that this morning, none of us up here know what we're doing. And this past Tuesday evening was our monthly deacon board meeting. Now you'd ask, how does the Spirit's power and moving have anything to do with a board meeting? <laughs> For the first time that I know of, maybe ever, I don't know, maybe not, maybe it's been done before, but Tuesday night, we did zero church business, and each person on the deacon board shared the state of their heart and how Jesus is working, or maybe how Jesus is distant in that moment. And then we shared communion and then we prayed. And that was our board meeting. And I can't help but wonder if that has anything to do with the power of God's spirit today. Actually, I don't wonder. <laughs> but Jesus says that the spirit will come upon you in power and you will be my witnesses. The Spirit gives us the power to have and maintain an authentic witness for and towards Jesus as we disciple and are discipled. We have to choose to surrender daily to the power and the presence of the Spirit and be filled with the Spirit because it is the Spirit who places you in your primary sphere of discipleship. Not me, not your family, not anyone but the Spirit. And others can confirm where God wants you in your sphere, but you must listen to the Holy Spirit and you will give an account to King Jesus as to what you did there whether or not you obeyed. For instance, the Spirit may say, right here, right now, this is where I want you to be here, stay here, and make disciples. Or he may say, I want you to get up and go to a place where I'll show you. There's people in this room who the Spirit has said, go to the place where I'll show you. And they're ready to go. How much more should when the Spirit says, stay right here and make disciples that we obey. Discipleship will be ineffective in our own strength and our own strategy. Discipleship and disciple making is only as effective as it is spirit empowered. There's an ant right here crawling. <laughs> I don't know how he got there. <laughs> <laughs> and he's still going. Anyway, <laughs> it is funny. <laughs> so Jesus says, 
the spirit will come upon you in power. <laughs> That's how it sounds. It's <laughs> exactly how it sounds. <laughs> All bets are off today. <laughs> and then he says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the world. And, and, and Jerusalem became that central point where the disciples, the apostles moved out and did the mission that Jesus called them to, the assignments that he gave them. But I think we have part of what this passage is and not in totality, but part of it, it gives us the spheres where we are called to make disciples. And so Jerusalem is, is where I live and where I worship my home, where my family is. It's where I do most of my life. It's my habits. It's my routine. And in Jerusalem, we disciple. We are disciple and we disciple our children. We disciple our coworkers, our friends, our classmates, the people around us in, in our Jerusalem where we live and worship. And then Jesus says, and, 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 and then Jesus says to Judea and Samaria. Judea was basically the nation. Jerusalem was the city, the place where they would live, and Judea and Samaria was the nation around them. But I think it's really, really significant that Jesus says Judea and Samaria because the Jews hated the Samaritans. Within the same nation, there was hatred between people groups. Now I know that's totally foreign and we can't understand that here because in our nation, no people group hate another people group. We fixed that throughout history, we're better now. But then there was a problem that literally the Jews believed that the Samaritans were morally reprehensible and they would not even want to be in the same place. They would not even travel through their land. They were so morally reprehensible that even walking through their property is a problem. And the Samaritans felt the same way about the Jews. Do we here in this nation feel that there's a group of people somewhere that is morally reprehensible? And so Jesus, Jesus actually tells a story about the Samaritans and he says, he tells a story about a Jew and a Samaritan and, and, and it's in Luke chapter 10 and he says, you know, you, know, you probably know the parable and, and so this Jewish man is, is beaten and laid by the roadside and, and it's a Samaritan in the story that Jesus tells. But Jesus tells the story because this lawyer came up to Jesus and said, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And the lawyer said, teacher, who is my neighbor? In other words, saying, Jesus, who actually do I have to love and who can I not love? If you could define neighbor for me, that way I, I can make it nice, neat, and tidy. And there's probably people who aren't my, my, my neighbor neighbor, who I don't like anyway, and I don't have to worry about loving them because they're not my neighbors. And Jesus says, here's who your neighbor is, the Samaritan. And in the story, the Samaritan sees this man who he sees as morally reprehensible, and he has, the text says, affection. He had affection for the man in his misery. Misery. 
And, and so, so what Jesus does there, Jesus removes all barriers so we can pursue even our enemies in discipleship. So if the person that you're not sure about is short of your enemy or your enemy, they are an object of discipleship. No excuses. And, and so, so for us, Judea and Samaria is our nation. And our nation so desperately needs a genuine, authentic experience with Jesus from people who are surrendered to Jesus, full stop. So often Judea and Samaria for me or for you is just outside where I spend the most, time, most of my time requiring maybe intentionality, but not requiring a change in job or location or house. An example of maybe those people are, 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 are you, you get onto maybe an online book club with people that you don't know. Or maybe 10 refugees from Afghanistan move into the house next door to you. Those examples sound weirdly detailed. But there are people, there's, I know stories of someone in our church who joined an online book club for the purposes of discipleship. And there was another woman in our church who literally 10 refugees from Afghanistan just moved in to the neighbor, to the house that was vacant next door to her. So then Jesus says to the ends of the earth, the borders beyond our nation identified as reached some and unreached and unengaged people. This means a greater degree of commitment and life adjustment. And, and make no mistake that when Jesus says from Jerusalem to Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth, he's not, he's, he's not saying pick one and ignore the others. He's saying this is full life discipleship. And so it might mean life adjustment in the sense of maybe adjusting what you do financially or with your resources and making sure that the ends of the world, the nations of the world become reached and engaged. Maybe it means that God calls you to go pick up and go to a place where he will show you like Abraham. Like so many, God is a sending God. That's what he do, does, he sends. And this could be, this could be an example of, of, of someone picking up and saying, yeah, I'm, I'm going to move to another place. Like a family that I know talking about maybe moving to Afghanistan to make disciples. Or maybe we come together and, and we send someone and make sure they have everything they need to go to the Ansari people in India who these people have no witness of Jesus Christ within their people group. Not one. Not even one disobedient one. No one.
Jesus basically tells us this about discipleship and the wear of discipleship, that discipleship is from neighbors to nations. From neighbors to nations. And I am involved in the breadth of it. You, if you follow Jesus, are involved in the breadth of it. I love how David Platt puts it in a book he wrote just recently called Don't Hold Back. I would recommend you don't read it if you don't want your life disrupted. But if you're okay with disruption, then go ahead and read it. But he says this, I love how he catches the heart of God. The Spirit of God is passionate about all nations knowing the love of God. This means that if God's Spirit dwells in you, then you will be passionate about all nations knowing the love of God. To be a follower of Jesus is to live with zeal for all the nations to know Jesus. The spread of the gospel among the nations is not a program for a chosen few. It's actually the purpose for which we all have breath and the end toward which all of history is headed. The ant is on my iPad. <laughs> Just move him along. Ah, I was on my finger. Anyway, <laughs> little ADD here. <laughs> That end that he talks about, that everything is heading toward, is the, is the picture that the Apostle John sees in Revelation chapter 7. This is what he sees. And, and this is what the goal that Jesus has, as he said, you will be my witnesses when the Spirit comes upon you in power. You will be my witnesses to Jerusalem and to Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the nations. This is what God is aiming for. This is God's goal. This is his accomplishment. When we obey that, this is the result. Revelation 7, verse 9. After this, I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne and before the Lamb clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. That is the picture. That is the vision for the church. That we will, when we have obeyed and, and joined with Jesus in his mission, we will be with, with people that, that cannot be numbered before the throne and before the Lamb, worshiping. Jesus so deeply and wildly loves people. And he asks those people to let others know that. And not just that he loves him, but he is the one true king and that he is coming back. 
and that Jesus' vision for humanity is to gather them together as one people. Jesus doesn't just want us to come and sit at his feet for what we can learn at his feet. He wants us to come and sit at his feet because he loves being in our presence. You bring him joy by being with him. We sing, and sometimes those words we sing feel very real and very present. Like I said, we really don't have any plans for this morning, but Travis and whoever, <laughs> this morning, I believe that there have been embers all over from the fire in the kingdom of God, which rages. And I believe that those embers are floating and being blown and they are landing and they land on some places that are not ready to burn and they land on some places that are ready. Don't walk away this morning and put out the fire that the spirit may have started in you here or that he's been preparing. Maybe you've gone through a dry season, but that dry season was God's preparation for you to receive his gift of blessing and the ember that he's placing on you. And as the Holy Spirit inside of you receives and you receive that, you burst into a spot fire, which will light up and give life and burn and spread wherever you are, whether it's in Jerusalem or Judea or the nations. Don't let that fire go out. We want to burn for him. Because those spot fires join together. And while in California that means devastation, for the kingdom of God, that means salvation. Jesus, I thank you that you We did nothing to deserve this morning. But you love to bless us. You love to overshadow us with your blessings and your goodness. I pray that you would feed the fires that you've started this morning. That we would not be satisfied with the plans of men. But we would eagerly desire the plans of the Spirit. That we would let go of the comfort that we so tightly hang on to and the, the convenience that has defined our lives and, and recognize that every time we control that we wrestle that away from you, God. And so I pray that we would release that.
and the kingdom of God would spread like a wildfire. In King Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you feel inspired and moved by what God is doing here at Crosspoint. Thank you.